Curtis School, right? All right. All right, it's good to see you all in the house of the Lord tonight. We're happy to be here. And, and you know, on, on Sunday nights, the last few times we met together, we were talking about how sin, uh, the consequences of sin in a Christian's life. We've, is, is it on, or this one's not on? Is it working now? Is it better? Okay. I thought I had it on, but I didn't see a green light, so okay. But now I've got the green light. All right. What happens when a Christian sins? The consequences of sin in the life of a Christian. We talked about these things. Sin dirties the soul. Sin dominates the mind. Sin disgraces the Lord. Sin depresses your heart. And then we talked about Sin diseasing the body, sin defiling the spirit, and sin destroying the testimony. But now tonight we're going to be talking about the cleansing of sin. What happens when you come back to the Lord? All those things are true about sin, how it affects and changes your life. But when you come back to the Lord, there are... I've got a dead battery. That's all right. Well, I'll just yell a little louder. All right. or I'll try to stay close to the microphone. You know, it's hard for me to, to stand still. But that's what we'll do. The cleansing of sin in the life of a Christian. Turn with me to Psalm 51. And we're going to begin there tonight talking about the confidence that we can have in the one who forgives when we confess our sins, we are cleansed from our sins, and we are consecrated to the work of the Lord. So let's go to the Lord and pray tonight. Father, we do thank you so much for all that you do for us. And Father, it is so true that we, we don't deserve the least of your mercies. But Father, because you are merciful, that's, you are, that's your characteristic, that's who you are. Father, you give us mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you love us. And Father, as tonight as we come together, show us, teach us, open our minds to, to receive what you would bring to us by your spirit, through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the cleansing of sin in the life of a Christian. It begins, of course, you know, the story behind Psalm 51 is that David had sinned against God. He had sinned with Bathsheba. And as the story goes, uh, he had Bathsheba's husband killed in war. And uh, he took Bathsheba as wife after her mourning period was over. But she was, she was pregnant. So the child that they had together, the Lord, uh, so the Lord put an end to that child's life. That, li that child died. And David mourned over that. And, you know, and we talked about how the, the, uh, the prophet Nathan came to David and told him about his sin, confronted him with his sin. And when he uh, was quick to pass judgment on someone else, Nathan turned around and pointed at him and said, You are that man. And so at the breaking of David's heart, the breaking of his spirit, when he realized his sin... When he was confronted with it, he went back to the Lord and he asked for forgiveness. In verse 1, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, 
according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. The first thing that we can do whenever we come back to God is have confidence that he will forgive us. You see, we know we don't deserve it, not the least of it. And we, what happens is, you know, if, if you're like me, whenever I sin, I, I ask for forgiveness. And then before you know it, I have to ask forgiveness of the same thing again. The, the, but the confidence that we have every time we go to God is because of God's character, because of who he is. Listen to what David said in that verse. He says, have mercy upon me according to your loving kindness. He says, God, because of who you are, you have loving kindness on me. It, it doesn't depend on me or how loving kind I am, but because you are loving kind and your love for me, you have the ability to uh, have mercy upon me because of your loving kindness. He goes on to say tender mercies, God's tender mercies. He pleads before the throne of the king, and he says, have mercy on me. Now, David knew uh, that for a multitude of sins, there was a multitude of mercies. And that's the way that he describes it there. He says, uh, the multitude of your tender mercies. Uh, you know, sometimes we grant mercy, but it's not tender. Uh, so we, we make sure that those who are receiving that mercy feel the bite of our displeasure. And we will, we will allow them to be forgiven or have that mercy, but we, we let them know that, hey, we don't like it one bit. But God is tender in his mercies. When he restores you, he restores you with tender, loving kindness, with, with a kid's gloves, if you will. He restores you. God doesn't love us because we're valuable. We're valuable because God loves us. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We know that we can't earn God's love. He loves us no matter what. But, uh, you see, we, we don't have any value in and of ourselves. And, and we, sometimes we put ourselves uh, a lot higher on the shelf than we really should be because God is supposed to be supreme. And when we think that we are supreme and we are over God or, or, or we have a, maybe better characteristics than God, then we've got it exactly backwards, exactly backwards. You see, God is, is not changed because of what we do. God is not changed because of our uh, forgiveness or unforgiveness. God will always be God. But we are changed because of God's loving kindness, because of his tender mercies. It's us who receives the blessing that God loves us. I read this uh, ad in the paper one time. I got it out of a book somewhere that I read. And this was the ad. It said, lost dog, crippled in front right paw, blind in left eye, mange on back and neck, tail missing, recently neutered, Answers to the name Lucky. Now, he wasn't lucky because of his circumstances or what had happened in his life. He was lucky because somebody was looking for him. Somebody loved him enough to seek him out. Now, we're blessed to have a Savior who loves us with an everlasting love. Do you realize he sought you out? He was looking for you. When he came to you in his loving kindness, with his tender mercies, he offered you his love, his salvation in his name. 
you can have confidence in the one who gave you salvation because he is trustworthy. He is forever true. Now, in verses 2 and 3, first of all, David had confidence in the Lord, that the Lord, he, he had confidence in God's characteristics, God's character. And then he asked for, uh, as he was confessing, he asked for a cleansing. But first, listen to what he said in verses 2 and 3. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Four times David acknowledged that it was he that had messed up. You know what I hear a whole lot in whenever we're talking about people sinning and that sort of thing? I hear this. Well, everybody does it. Have you, have you heard that before? Well, everybody does it. Well, yeah, that, that's not the point. The point is, is it right or wrong? Is it sin? Even if everybody's doing it and, and it is sin, that doesn't give you the right to do it. You see, David understood at that point he was confessing before God, I did it. Now, and that's exactly what we have to do when we come to God. We can't say, well, everybody was doing it and I kind of just went along with everybody and really it's all their fault. So, Lord, you know, forgive me, but, you know, it was really them that did it. That's not confession before the Lord. We have to admit what we've done. We've got to be honest with God because he knows the truth anyway. We've got to make sure that we go before him with a, with a pure and clean heart at, at acknowledging our sin. No excuse or alibi is going to be acceptable. And think about Adam and Eve in the garden. You see, when, when God came to Adam, he said, the, the woman did it. She, she gave me the fruit. And then, oh, y'all know that joke, right? About where, where men would be without women in the Garden of Eden. Because y'all did it. Y'all's fault. Now, okay, let me go back. Uh, see, we do need that comedian coming on VBS because you know at least he'll at least he'll be funny, right? That's what Bridget said. No excuse or alibi is going to be acceptable. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Ser the serpent didn't have anybody to blame it on, but Adam even blamed it on God. He says the woman that you gave me messed me up. You see. Whenever we sin, it's not nobody's fault. It's not anybody else's fault but our own. We choose it. We make a choice. Every, every time that sin is presented uh, to us, we make a choice to do it or not. God always allows us a way out. God always shows us that we can not do those things. And when we choose to do it, it is of our own free will that we do it. So we must, we, we must acknowledge it. We must come before God and say, yes, I did do it. When you confess, confession means to say the same thing, to agree with God that sin is sin. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, you know that verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we've got to confess it. We've got to say, yes, Lord, I did it. I knew it was wrong when I did it. I don't want to do it anymore. Lead me in the paths of righteousness. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, it says, He who covers his sin will not prosper. If you deny your sin, you won't be forgiven of it. And one day, payment will come due. One day, you will have to make payment of that sin. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. 
you know, it, it seems like a, a bad deal on God's part. But because of his character, he forgives our sin even though he knows we're going to come back and sin again. You know, we've got to make sure what we're trying to do is be honest with God. And when we're honest with God, we have to be honest with ourselves first. We're not fooling anybody when we come to church with, with all of our spiritualness painted on and you know, worn and, and all of that stuff. God sees right down to the heart and he knows what we do and what we've done and all those things and he desires for us to come to him and be cleansed of it. And that's what we're talking about next. We, first of all, we have confidence in the one who forgives. And that we, have, we must make confession and then we will seek out a cleansing. You see, when you realize how dirty you are, when you realize how guilty you are, you're going to ask for help. You're going to ask God to cleanse you from your sin. Y'all uh, know how it is. Let's just say you've been out working in the yard all day in the heat of summer, and uh, you are, you've been sweaty and grimy, and you've got dirt everywhere, grass or whatever it is. You, uh, and, and I pick it, Bridget, and say, you know, you come in feeling swampy, like you just came out of a swamp and, and you know, maybe you had fell in the water or something. I don't know. But anyway, that's just a phrase we use. But you, you feel so dirty that the first thing that you've got to do is get clean. I wish, I pray that, that we would all feel that way when we sin. Just feel so swampy that we've got to get clean right away. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Cleanses us from all sin. When we seek him, when we ask him to forgive us, he is faithful and true. He forgives us. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, the prophet, God speaking through the prophet said, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In verse 7, of Psalm 51, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. When you ask for a cleansing, when you have to have it, you run to the Lord and he cleanses you. And once we are cleansed, once we are clean, once we make confession, then God consecrates us to his service. You see, we're not, we're not saved, we're, we're not forgiven so that we can sit around and just feel forgiven. We're not saved so that we can sit and sour in the pew. We are saved for service. And God puts us back on track. That's, that's the reason we come to him, because... We want to be in right fellowship with God. We want to be pleasing unto him. And you're not pleasing to him if you're not being active in your faith. You know what James said about that. He said, you, uh, you say that your faith is real. He said, I'm going to show you my faith by what I do, the way I behave, how I act, what I say. You don't, if, um, if there's a Christian around, you don't have to ask him if they're a Christian. 
You're going to know it by what they do, what they say, how they act. You're, you're going to realize that your, the spirit within you will minister or speak to their spirit, and you will know that they are a Christian. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you can't be doing what you ought not be doing. Look at verse 12. This is what David cried out. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O Lord, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. First of all, he says, when I'm restored, he asked for restoration. He says, when I'm restored, what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to teach. I'm going to tell people how wonderful you are to me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways. Then he's asked for deliverance, and he says, I'm going to sing about your goodness and about your righteousness. And then he talks about praising. You see, when God cleanses us, when, when, you're, when you need forgiveness, desiring with all your heart, and you get it, you're going to tell somebody about it. You're going to feel it so deep that it's going to be what you want to talk about with whomever comes around. Whenever we ask for that cleansing, we can have confidence in the one who does the cleansing. But we must confess, we must ask for God to cleanse us, and then when we are cleansed, we must take that new heart, that, that steadfast spirit that he gives us, and put it to work. Stay close to the Lord. You see... Who you walk with the most is who you're going to act like the most. And who's going to influence you the most. Who are you walking close to today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight as we've spoken about the cleansing of sin. Father, thank you for how good you are to us always. Even though we are sinful, even though we are stiff-necked, rebellious people we want to be whole and clean in your sight we want to be forgiven so lord take our our dirtied soul that sin has caused to be ugly and unwanted but father we ask for you to cleanse it we pray for the forgiveness of sin tonight. Father, help us to ever be mindful that confession before you is needed of our sins so that forgiveness and restoration can happen and our relationship restored to where it should be, one of awe and reverence before you, one of love and thanksgiving and praise and worship. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.